You're listening to the Third Down Squad Podcast, the best international news podcast for the National Football League. We're your hosts, Derek, Josh, and Toby. Let's get you ready for a new set of downs on Sunday. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Third Down Squad Podcast. It is officially week one of the NFL season, and man, I am extremely excited. I know Toby is, and I know Josh is. It's good to finally have full football back on and we will until February, so that's great. First thing we're going to be talking about here is our Colts and Saints game recaps. Well, in this case, it would be previews. First thing we're going to be talking about here for our segment is going to be the Colts game. Obviously, the Colts face the Chargers this Sunday at 425 against uh, against the Chargers in L.A., so that is going to be a fun one. There are numerous uh, different instances to why I think the Colts can win this game. But first, we're going to start with Josh here. Uh, Josh, why don't you give us your quick preview on the Colts versus the Chargers the game on Sunday? I'd say get ready for the Colts to come out swinging. Uh, I think gone are the days of, you know, slow rolling, you know, like striking like a Jeep up in the middle of winter where you keep going, you going, and then you finally. <laughs> I think with uh, Jacoby Bursett now at the helm, I think that he offers a new dynamic that the Colts really haven't seen, and that's the mobile quarterback, you know? Uh, over, I mean, luck, he was mobile, but you could just definitely tell that he was graceful you know he could move fast he just lacked the uh you know like i just said the gracefulness of uh other uh mobile quarterbacks i'd also say look out for uh marlon mack and the running back it's, yeah look at that that rhyme look at that, that that's sick wasn't uh because this <laughs> he didn't is even no... try that folks he didn't even <laughs> try it it just came out <laughs> it just came out yeah so anyway, they're going to be uh, coming out. We're going to rely more on the running game now. I, it's not to say that Jacoby Brissett doesn't have an arm. I, you're going to, with this offensive line, it's probably like the best it's been in decades. Uh, look for more run first instead of pass first that, that usually the Colts do. Now, on the other side of the ball, let's take a look at that defense, you know? You got Darius Leonard coming back for his second go around. Uh, excuse me, I just ate some corn dogs. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> I'm looking more forward to Jonathan Houston to see what he brings to this uh, defense. You know, just coming off the side, he knows how to deal with uh, Philip Rivers. He's played in the AFC West. Now, on the other side of the uh, field with the Chargers, the whole Melvin Gordon thing isn't going to stop them, and I think the Colts know that. So they're going to come out swinging. And I'd say that the uh, Chargers are going to rely more on the air than in the running game. And that's not to say that I think Austin Eckler is the running back, if I'm not mistaken. He's their main who... one right now. The yeah. main one, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think that... Although they're going to run the football, they're not going to do it as often as like they did with Melvin Gordon at the time. I'm still not sure if Melvin is going to play or not, but look for Austin Eckler to get more of the uh, snaps. This no, it's already been, been confirmed. Melvin Gordon's not playing week one, so he's, he's gone. Right. <laughs> right, yeah, so look, they can capitalize on Austin Eckler. and Keep an eye out for Rocky soon. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. he kind of had some moments here in the preseason, but that's the preseason, and he worked on it. He's got a good work ethic. Watch out for him and the rest of this defensive team. So that's all I got to say on the matter. Go ahead. Toby, you got any words for it? Yeah, I mean, uh, Josh summed it up pretty pretty good there. Um, of course, the Colts are a different team than in 2017 when Jacoby Brissett last started for them. And, I mean, you got to – you gotta look at it uh, this way. Jacoby Brissett never really had a start in the NFL before actually starting for the Colts, as he was the backup to Tom Brady and even Jimmy Garoppolo up with the Patriots before he got traded to the Colts. So if you judge him by uh, what he did in 2017, you kind of have to judge him like a rookie season with more experience under his belt right now. So uh, from that alone, I think he's gonna have a better season, and it's gonna show in this game against the Chargers. 
And like Josh said, Chargers are missing a couple of people in this game. First and foremost, of course, Melvin Gordon, who uh, you guys already said it, he's missing week one for sure. And I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't report until week 10 when he has to report for this season to count so he can be a free agent next year. So, but for the matchup next, uh, or this week, actually, um, it, I, I think it's actually in the favor of the Colts right now with the people that are missing on on the Chargers. I know their uh, offensive line is a bit banged up. Uh, Keenan Allen, I think, had some problems over the last couple of weeks in the preseason and training camp, so he might not be a full 100% in that game. So... That said, I, I, I think the Colts actually have a chance even without Andrew Luck uh, in their lineup right now. So, yeah, Derek, uh, you have more insight in the Colts than me, so break it down now. Yeah, um, I still think this is a game the Chargers will win, but there are a lot of different reasons as to why the Colts can win this game. First off, Josh mentioned it is the run game. And we talked about the O-line. This uh, this Colts team is going to define itself by the run this year, not by the passing game like we've used to over the last seven years. This is the time now, especially early in the season, when Jacoby Brissett's going to try to get involved, learn the offensive system, how to get his flow in and get connection with these guys. The run attack is really going to need to be there, and especially against the Chargers because the Chargers have never been a great run-stopping defense. They've been okay, but they've not been great. Their pass rush is where they're best at. Obviously, they have Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram on both sides. That's the best, one of the best pass duo, uh, rushing duos in the NFL. So you need to try to work against that. Even though the offensive line could potentially hold them pretty well, you still want to try to force the ball up the gut. And you have two running backs in Naheem Hines and Marlon Mack who can do that. And then when you go to the opposite side, we talked about the O-line for the Chargers being banged up. I talked about this on Cody's podcast uh, earlier this week. I said how this offensive line for the Chargers is really weak and they have a lot of guys missing. This is the game where the where the Colts have to get a pass rush. This is a game where Phillip Rivers realistically could throw 50 passes. I know that sounds crazy, but that is something Phillip Rivers has done before, and I think this could be it now. And not to mention... They don't have Melvin Gordon. They have Austin Eckler, who's a who's always been a out-of-the-backfield catching kind of running back. Justin Jackson could do a little bit of that as well. So anticipate them to throw the ball a lot in this game. They will very rarely run the ball. And even if they try to run the ball, I'm not too worried about them running all over us. I'm really not. I just think this is the week that Eberflus, the defensive coordinator for the Colts, is going to have to get creative. There are some threats that Phillip Rivers does have. They do have Hunter Henry coming back. They have Mike Williams. Even if Keenan Allen's not 100%, Keenan Allen is still one of the best wide receivers in the game. You have to get pressure before Phillip Rivers can make plays to these guys. And I think that they could possibly get a pass rush even without sending blitzes. I think this defensive line for the Colts is very underrated. I think this is a year they have a lot more uh, a lot more rushing specialists this year. Danico Autry showed it last year. Justin Houston being added and some of these other guys that are on there. Uh, Jabal Sheard is going to be a piece that they'll definitely miss. Um, in regards to everything else, again, I think the Colts will lose this game ultimately. I just think it's... It's, again, I, just knowing how the Colts have been the last 10 years starting the seasons, especially playing against a Chargers team, even while being injured, they're still a very tough team. It's just something that I've never seen the Colts do is start off hot. But, I, I like I said, the Colts have every opportunity here. Derwin James is going to be out also. That's one thing I didn't mention. But ultimately, I think the Colts will lose this one, but they have multiple reasons as to why they can make this game a success and come out of this game with a win. All right, so now we're going to move on to the Saints game where they will face the Texans on Monday Night Football. That's going to be a fun one to watch. I know I'll definitely watch that game. Uh, Toby, why don't you go ahead and uh, start with your breakdown of that game? Oh, man, did my uh, prediction for that game change over the last couple of weeks? Um First off, of course, Lamar Miller went out with uh, with the ACL injury. 
Then they traded uh, Jadamian Clowney to the Seahawks. Uh, and, well, now we're sitting here and I kind of think that the Saints, despite not being the greatest team in the opening week of the season, I think they lost their last, I think it was at least five, if it is not uh, six games that they lost uh, the opening game the last few seasons. So um, this year against the Texans, of course, it, it looked like it was a tough matchup uh, and... I, I wasn't really high on the Saints winning their opening match. And with that, uh, or with the losses that the Texans had to recover from the last couple of weeks, like I said, Lamar Miller and Jadavian Clowney, that, that, that changed my view on that game a little bit because um, Jadavian Clowney was the one guy on that defensive line I was kind of worried about getting through the the offensive line of the Saints and Lamar Miller you never knew what you get from him and I mean he could have easily stuck it to the Saints because they usually struggle a lot on defense in the early games of the season um, so that was a big worry for me but right now with what they got of course I expect big games from Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins uh, both of them, I think, if you have them on your fantasy league or you play daily fantasy uh, football, uh, I think that's two guys you have to look at for this week because the Saints defense, like I said, they usually struggle early in the season. They, they kind of have to find their rhythm first before they kind of really get to uh, being elite or one of the better uh, defenses in the league. So even if DeAndre Hopkins is shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore, I wouldn't be worried too much uh for DeAndre Hopkins uh but yeah coming to the Saints uh, in this game I I kind of want to see what the offensive line can do because uh, a couple of things have changed there of course uh Max Unger retired uh Jermon Bushrod retired so Eric McCoy is gonna be the starting center for the Saints and I I'm not sure or well we have seen it in the preseason the chemistry with Drew Brees uh, kind of looked okay in week three when uh, Drew Brees uh, kind of led the only drive in the preseason, but I kind of want to see how their chemistry really is in in a real NFL game. And then, of course, you have the problem with the defensive tackles for the Saints right now with the torn Achilles for Sheldon Rankins. He's not back yet. And then David Onyemata is suspended for the first game so he's missing as well so that might be an opportunity for Duke Johnson or even Colas Hyde to kind of get a couple of runs in there for a couple of yards so it's not going to be an easy game for the Saints uh, but I, I think it's a closer game than a lot of people expect the game to be yeah and you mentioned Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins to be completely honest that might be the only true receiving threat that you guys will really have to worry about I mean, obviously they have Kenny Stills, but Kenny Stills has always been a guy that just hasn't lived up to expectations. Uh, and you said it, uh, th they might actually be able to double team DeAndre a lot in this game, which is still not going to keep him from getting the ball, but that definitely could help them to lower his amount of targets. And like you said, they're, they're, they're running backs. They're, they're good running backs. They're not guys that are going to change the game with their play, but they are decent running backs. But ultimately, the talk of this whole thing has been, what are the Texans doing with their O-line? Now, we know they got Laramie Tunzel, which they say is going to start getting better because he is still young. But, and ultimately, we're trying to talk about what he is right now. And we don't know if he truly is a top-tier left tackle at this moment. And not to mention, everyone else on the O-line is either young, inexperienced, or isn't good. And they're banged up. And they don't really have anybody else on their whole line. So this is the perfect opportunity, uh, Toby, for you guys to try to get some blitz packages in there because that is ultimately how you're going to disrupt this Texans offense because their O-line is god-awful at this moment. That's something that teams are going to have to take advantage of. And like you said also, Jadavian Clowney's no longer there. That's one less major pass rusher that you guys have to worry about which definitely helps Drew Brees and the run game in the long run. So I, I fully expect this Saints offense, despite losing a few guys on the offensive line, 
to take it to the Texans because I still think the Texans are gonna have are str- are gonna struggle. Honestly, I think this will be a very high scoring game. Uh, I think that both of these defenses are are pretty good. It's just that both are missing some guys and are uh, missing chances to affect the other. I'll get into who I think is going to win later on, but uh, ultimately I think this is going to be a high scoring game, but I would obviously give the advantage to the saints given they are at home and that, you know, even though recent history proves that they don't start off very well, I just think ultimately they're the better overall team at this moment and just have the better overall roster. Uh, Josh, what do you think for this game? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I, the Saints are still going to win it, regardless, because they're the Saints. You know, they can do anything right. They're, they're, they're the, the NFC Patriots. They're the NFC. Now, that's Patriots. not that's not true. If they were the Saints and they could win everything, they would have been in the Super Bowl last year. Oh, don't get me started I'll on that. that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to keep bringing it back. <laughs> I believe that there is a referee out there who is. Uh, not allowed back in the state of Louisiana after that call. Yeah, probably you know, not. Probably, yeah. Probably not. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll leave it at that. But back to Monday night. It was. It's going to be a good game uh, if you're a Saints fan. If you're a Texans fan, oh boy. You know, <laughs> you, did, you just traded away your best defensive player. Now, don't give me this hold, but we still have J.J. Watt. He's not the J.J. Watt of old. He's just there now you know i mean sure the guy still has passion and heart but he's taken one too many injuries you know and jadavia cloudy was pretty much the only obstacle on that defense that drew Brees and uh alvin kamara really had to deal with because he still had youth on his side he still had power strength and all that and the uh texans well you blew it there 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 you go right there you blew it you could have kept him if and paid him right, but no, you decided that he really wasn't worth the money, and in the franchise tag, you put him down as something that he wasn't or did not want to be regarded as. The dude just wanted to get paid, and I thought that he deserved to get paid, but the Texans thought otherwise, and they let one of their best defensive talents go. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara are going to run all over this Texans defense you know and on the other side of the ball the Saints defense really just has to stay as on long in the field long enough for the offense to take a breath you know because you don't have Lamar Miller so that's going to start to cause some trouble in the backfield because you got two people who have never played in the system of offense before like they could have the same scheme and all that but it's still a different team mm-hmm. but they're going to take some cohesion back there. They're going to be splitting carries. So one of them is not going to like it over the other, you know. So like Derek said, you just got to worry about Don, DeAndre Hopkins because he's your only offensive threat. You're not really going to see Deshaun Watson go running anymore after that ACL injury, you know. Mm-hmm. He's just he's going to be more of a drop back and pass. So if you flush him out of the pocket and give him the move, he's an easy target essentially for your uh, defensive lineman to get a sack. And uh, uh, Toby, he... if if the Saints are smart, take a, a, a section of their uh, notes and look at the game film for the Colts and the Texans game in last year's playoffs. Uh, I don't know how many times you saw Kenny Moore get in the backfield and sack uh, D- uh, Deshaun Watson. I think that could be something that they might think to try to do because – Kenny Moore got to Deshaun Watson three times in that game yeah. as a cornerback. So that's that's definitely something. And we all uh, – I'm sorry, Josh, did you have anything else that you wanted to say? No, you pretty much said it right then and there. I was going to bring up and, the cornerback. Yep. <laughs> and we all kind of mentioned how, you know, defensive linemen are becoming one of the most important positions in the NFL now. you you got to protect your uh, your quarterback, and you need to find guys who can get to the quarterback. And we keep saying it, how Jadavian Clowney, even though he hasn't lived up to expectations, is still one of those guys that can destroy a game when and if he gets the chance to. And ultimately, he's a guy that deserves some money, and the Texans didn't want to do that. And now, not only did they give up Jadavian Clowney, they gave up 
any chance of over the next three years to get top end talent on that roster. They lost their first round pick for next year's draft. They lost their first round pick for 2021 and lost a second round pick for the 2021 draft as well. So they're, they're hurting themselves by getting rid of those top guys. So ultimately, you know, that I didn't think that was a great trade, but it's whatever. All I right, thought so, it was. That's last uh, talent going to Houston. Yes, so we're we're happy about that. As Colts fans, we're very happy. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to move on to news around the NFL before we get into some of Toby's segments here. Uh, first thing we're going to talk about is Zeke's contract. That's right. Zeke Elliott finally got paid. Oh, yeah, and just one more disclaimer for anyone that ever watches our videos and they're possibly thinking of going to Ohio State. If you want to get paid big money, you go to Ohio State because now Ohio State has the highest paid running back and the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL right now. That's right, Michael Thomas and Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke Elliott with a six-year extension on top of the contract that he is on right now. He uh, is getting $90 million with $50 million of it guaranteed easily blowing out Todd Gurley's contract where he received four years, 60 million with fit with 45 million guaranteed. Ultimately guys, uh, what do you guys think of the contract real quick? Quick thoughts. Uh, Josh, you want to uh, take that one? Josh, go uh, ahead. This is that, it was so easy. You needed to get this done, but it, it's one of those ones where it's going to hurt you in the long run, you know, cause you're going to have 90 million ate up by one person. What you're getting in return is consistency. And that's a hard thing to come by in the NFL. Where now all I have to do is just pay Dak Prescott whatever's left over. You don't have to worry about Zeke going to the Giants or the Eagles. Like all rival teams do. And it makes me upset. But I'm not going to get well, into that. Now that's the question gonna... of, you know, now Zeke got paid. What do we pay Dak? What do we pay Amari? Yeah. Uh, Toby, your thoughts on the extension? Yeah, I, I've said it. I mean, the top priority for the Cowboys has to be Zeke, and now we see they finally got their priorities straight. And I, I really like the contract. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of guaranteed money, but they got an out after four ye uh, years on the contract if something uh, might happen to uh, Zeke. And, I mean, the total amount of money, $19 million over six years, that's less, or less total money than uh, uh, Todd Gurley got, but more guaranteed money. So that's, I, I mean, I, I think it was a smart move. Uh, and I think the salary cap, how it develops over the next six years, it's just going to grow. So I don't think that the Cowboys are in that much of a trouble uh, cap space-wise with that contract to pay uh, Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper. But yeah, I mean, they're not, they're probably going to release some other guys other than the three of them but I think they want to keep their three-headed monster in uh, Dallas. Now, really quick, before we move on, for those of you that don't know, I drafted Ezekiel Elliott. They called me a madman. You are lucky <laughs> as all hell, okay? You're lucky as all hell. I will just say this, though. Just because you got Ezekiel Elliott isn't going to change the fact that you have no wide receivers, okay? That's just how it's going to be, okay? Yeah, uh, yeah, yes, that's true. I mean, Anna's wide receivers are better than yours, and she didn't even draft any. She went <laughs> she to $40 just... in under okay, two minutes. you know what? You know what? It doesn't even matter. She has wide receivers that are actually going to put up numbers this week versus yours. So, okay, let, uh, now that I've had my roast. Okay. Um, now we'll remove the Jared Goff's extension. He just got a four-year extension worth, I believe it was $130 million. Uh, 134. 134, that's right. With $110 million guaranteed. That's now the highest uh, guaranteed total in the NFL to date. Uh, real quick, uh, yes or no from you guys. Toby, was it a good idea for the Rams to give him a contract with that amount of guaranteed money? Uh, I'm I'm not that convinced of Jared Goff, but I mean how the price has exploded for young uh, young quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. I I mean the guy, or yeah, I I'm not gonna say Jared Goff took him to the Super Bowl, but I I mean he played with them in a Super Bowl. Um, but I mean he's 
definitely he definitely was a big part of it. It's not like he, he was, he was a big it, part of it, but part. the rest took him to the Super Bowl. Just gonna say yes, that. very true. Josh, uh, yes or no? Was it a good idea for the contract extension money? Peyton Manatee says no because he is not proven yet. He's not a proven quarterback yet. He's right. not a proven quarterback. It's the Sean McVay effect that makes people seem more valuable than they're worth. I would have waited about two more years before, you know, thinking about getting him Look, that much I, money, I... but... Look, I, I'm I'm still not of the idea of giving guys who are not top-tier quarterbacks the biggest amounts of money. And I'm going to continue to say that, and I will say it here. 110 guaranteed million is not what Jared Goff is actually worth. Now, we could make the argument again for, is it Sean McVay's system that makes Jared Goff good? Is it Jared Goff that makes Sean McVay's system look good? Even though the majority of people will agree that Sean McVay is the reason why this offense runs the way it does. I mean, good job by the Rams to keep their quarterback. I'm not going to say no, but I mean, at the end of the time, I'm going to say yes, because, you know, enough with the manatee, okay? <laughs> I don't even know where you decided to come up and get that, but you spend so much money on stupid things, man. This was a this was a gift from my mom because she didn't get me one when they were in the Columbus Zoo, oh so my she got gosh. me one. And I just and I literally came up with the name Peyton Manatee right there on the spot. Of course you do. Of course all right, you to, do. to all our listeners on Spotify, please check out the YouTube video. It's worth it. Please, yes, it, 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 our reactions are priceless. All right, last, last thing before we get into Toby's segments and our predictions. We have more Antonio Brown news. That's right, folks. Another one where it just came out right before we did the podcast that Antonio Brown got into a shouting match with GM Mike Mayock. And apparently now the word is being reported that this, the Raiders are thinking of suspending Antonio Brown. Now, this came after Antonio Brown had posted online of the fee that Mike Mayock and the Raiders are giving to Antonio Brown for not showing up to practices and not showing up to the games prepared to play. He has now been fined, I think it is around $50,000 already this year. The year hasn't mm. even started yet. He has been fined almost $50,000 for repeatedly not showing up to practices. He posted it online for everybody to see, saying that the team was full of haters. And now Mike Mayock went to say something about it. AB even threatened to possibly punch Mike Mayock later in the future if he ever came at him again. Now, there, there's reports now going out that AB might get suspended and have his $30 million in guaranteed money taken away from him just like that. Toby, it just seems like every week now, and Josh, it seems like every week now we just continue to hear more and more about this guy. I'll let either one of you start. We'll just actually go with Toby on this so Josh can get in the middle part here. Are the Raiders, should the Raiders just get rid of him now while they have the chance? Should Should he just not be worth their headache and just be getting rid of at this point? Yeah, I mean, that would be the smartest move right now. And uh, I mean... If you are one of the highest paid wide receivers in the league and you complain about a fine of fifty thousand dollars, I'm I mean, that that's not or I mean, it, it is real money, don't get me wrong, but for a wide receiver in the NFL of the class of Antonio Brown, that that's pennies. That I mean, that's not even worth talking about. And he's just posting it on uh, I, I believe it was a Snapchat it was Instagram that or Instagram yeah. um, I mean why are you doing this now you're you, you just want to be in the news you just want the attention we've talked about it so much and yeah I mean if I'm Mike Mayock right now all right yeah give me back my money and you're gone I mean because they they've also been saying that if he they do decide to take his 30 million and guaranteed away everyone will just say, oh, Antonio Brown's just going to leave altogether. Because, I mean, why would Antonio Brown want to stick around if he doesn't have his guaranteed money? Well, 
for one, he's being petty as all hell. We said, I said it from the very beginning. He's being petty as all hell because he finally figured out his helmet situation, apparently. And you're complaining about a fine that was totally and utterly your fault. Totally and utterly your fault. Not the Raiders' fault. Not in any way, shape, or form. And you're doing, you're putting it on social media for clout is basically what you're doing. You're not even doing it because for any other reason other than to make the Raiders look bad and you want to act like a, a diva and you want to act like a 13-year-old who just got thrown into timeout because you think that's cool. There's nothing else to say about this. The, the Raiders need to take that $30 million, take it back, get rid of him, and say goodbye, Antonio Brown. And the great thing is if the, Raider, if the Raiders do that, Who's going to pick Antonio Brown up now? Seriously, what team in the NFL is going to say now, we've seen what he did with these Raiders who just gave him $30 million in guaranteed money? What are we going to do? We can't do that. We can't afford to take that risk now. Josh, what, what's your thoughts on this? Honestly, it's just gotten to the point where you should just suspend him and then cut him. Clearly, he doesn't really care anymore. And remember what we said about Andrew Luck? It's 90% mental, 10% physical. And you could argue that mentally speaking, Antonio Brown isn't there for football anymore. He's just there for, like you said, clout, you know, name recognition. All. So if I was Mike Mayock, I'd be like, all right, if you're going to threaten me, threaten me, you're suspended and you're cut and you're not getting your money that you so desperately wanted, you know? This is going to start it. This is going to open up Pandora's box onto, well, if a uh, athlete starts to become a diva to the point of, you know, it's no longer a personality trait on the field and where he's doing it outright off, during off the field out, is he worth the hassle? And he could, if he gets released, he could almost, and I say almost like 5% chance of this happening because he's going to finally realize how much he's worth, but he could get blackballed from the NFL because nobody wants to deal with this crap. Nobody wants to throw money at a guy who's just not going to give them anything in return to help out the team, you know, and think about themselves. So if he gets cut, he's going to either say, I don't need the NFL anymore, or, well, crap, you know, there goes my money. Uh, what team is going to take me now? Mm. I'll start that, sir. And, and and let's be honest here for a split second before we let Toby go into his thing. Uh, is it possible this man has early onset of CTE? Like, I'm being completely honest here. Like, I I I don't I don't know if like he really is this dumb as a, a human being, or if he's actually like got something mentally wrong in his head, because. Everything he's doing just doesn't make sense to me. It does make sense if you're thinking it from, from the point of, you know, he's acting like a baby, which we all have been pretty much said. I mean, it's almost to the point now where I'm starting to question his mental health for real, though. Yeah, I don't know. Not, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, so I can't tell. I guess. All right, Toby, go ahead. All right. Toby's alts. <laughs> All right, Josh did not know about that one. And yeah, we got a new segment for this season. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've been around the gambling scene for the NFL for a couple of years now. And since. Remember, we even. Oh, sorry. Toby. Yeah, no. Remember, Josh, we saw ahead. the room in Vegas. Too. Remember, yeah. we saw that giant sports betting room in oh, Vegas. Oh, man, my, that, that, was, that was heaven for me. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, gambling is getting legal in more and more sp uh, states in the U.S. So uh, in this segment for this year, I'm going to break down my top picks for each week. Uh, I'm not saying it's a sure pick on these teams or on these bets. And we're not promoting gambling here at all. But for all of you out there who might want to take a dive into gambling and want to get some pointers, um, no guarantee here from me. Like I said, um, I'm not responsible uh, for who you bet on. Um, and yeah, let's jump right into the first, uh, 
yeah, wager I would take this week. First up is the game between the Atlanta Falcons and the Minnesota Vikings. Um, on the over and under, uh, the over under mark is at 48 points uh, this week at uh, odds of minus 110. And I, I mean, both of the team's defenses struggled a lot uh, last year, and they both have a good, uh, or yeah, the defenses struggled a lot, and uh, both have uh, power offenses, and there are no injuries as of yet on the teams with uh, which uh, both teams have struggled in the past, especially Delvin Cook, Devontae Freeman, Kyle Rudolph, and uh, all the others. So, 48 points at the over/under seems a bit low for me, and I. Feel like this could be a shootout this week, so I would take the over of 48 points in this game uh, pretty confidently. The second game is probably one of the safer bets uh, I take this week. It's between the Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins. The spread is uh, at 6.5 with the Baltimore Ravens uh, as the favorites, and the odds are as well minus 110, so even odds. Uh, I'm gonna take the Ravens as the favorite here. I feel like the Ravens have a good chance to beat the Dolphins with more than a touchdown or a touchdown because the Dolphins have just lost Kiko Alonso in a trade to the uh, to the New Orleans Saints. He was their top tackler and the Baltimore Ravens are gonna rely on the run a lot this year with Lamar Miller, Mark Ingram, maybe some Justice Hill in there as well and without their top tackler the Dolphins might struggle a lot and their offense doesn't look that great as well even against a depleted uh, Ravens defense compared to last year. Game number three, uh, those odds kind of surprised me a little bit, is between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Chiefs are just a three-point favorite in this game so that's pretty much the safest bet you're gonna get and I'm going to take that. The Chiefs are going to beat the Jaguars uh, with more than three points, even odds here as well, one, uh, minus 110 on the Chiefs. Uh, I don't know why I even have to explain this. The Chiefs are going to beat the Jaguars with more than three points this week. I, I, I don't know how they came up with these odds or that spread. Um, it just baffles me. Game number four this week uh, is between the LA Rams and the Carolina Panthers. Um it's a surprising thing as well. The Rams are just a 2.5 point favorite as well. So even if they beat the Panthers with a just a field goal, you're going to win this bet. The odds are not quite even. Uh, you're just going to get a minus 105 or you're even going to get minus 105 on the Rams with these odds. Um, so a little bit better than even odds on that one. So um, yeah, same with the Chiefs. I don't I mean, the Rams are clearly a better team than the Panthers. Just a 2.5-point favorite there, even on the road. Um, I'm going to take that one. The next game, we've already talked about it. Um, game number five is between the Indianapolis Colts and the LA Chargers right now. Um, if you're uh, feeling lucky this week or you just like the risk, I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts straight up uh, with the odds of a plus 230. So uh, clear underdogs in this game. I believe the spread is at seven points right now. So even if you want to bet at even odds on Indianapolis plus seven, uh, I think it's pretty safe that this game is in between uh, seven points. Even if the Chargers might win it, it's going to be a close one. <laughs> Josh, stop. And the okay. last one, I got one extra as it is the first time this segment is on the air. I'm usually probably going to do... Uh, five games this week I you're getting the extra one with six uh there are 17 games or 16 games on this week so let's just do one more and of course it's between the Houston Texans and the New Orleans Saints uh Josh has the Saints as a clear favorite in this game but as I said the Saints usually struggle early in the season and I mean they even got beaten by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers week one last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback so I'm not that confident in the Saints uh, I mean, the Texans are underdogs by seven points, but I believe it's closer than that. So I'm going to take the spread on the Texans, uh, and the odds are minus 115. And yeah, that are my bets for this week. And now we're getting into the predictions for this week. So probably a lot of what I just said is going to be said again. 
but or I mean already kind of gave a preview on my predictions this week but yeah we're gonna start off um, tonight's game we're recording this on Thursday we wanted to do it earlier but because of some internet problems for me yesterday we couldn't sorry about that but yeah today's game the Green Bay Packers against the Chicago Bears uh, Derek what is your take on that game it's gonna be fun man first game of the year uh, we saw what happened last year even though Aaron Rodgers went down in that game he came back with a three touchdown second half game to eventually lead the Packers to a victory against the Bears and I believe that the same outcome will happen this time with a new and improved defense for the Packers and having uh, Aaron Rodgers feel more at home and has a new season ready for him to explode into the bad man that he is. So I am going with the Packers this week. Josh, go ahead. You know, I like the, uh, I'm going to take the Packers as well. You know, the secondary for the Bears has kind of lost a few people here and there. But it, like I said, Aaron Rodgers versus the Bears, that's how it's going to be. And that Packers defense really did change. Now, hopefully tonight we'll see how well they changed, but new uh, head coach, new uh, system, new scheme. I got to just take the uh, Packers on this one because new tends to surprise. All right. I, I didn't expect to be the only one on the Bears today, but apparently I am. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm not convinced that the, the new system is instantly going to work for the Packers. I think they might struggle a little bit under the new head coach, the new system. And uh, with them being on the road in Chicago, of course, it's a rivalry game, so the crowd is not going to be on the Packers' side today. Uh, so I give the slight edge to the Chicago Bears. And right. the next game up are the Los Angeles Rams against the Carolina Panthers. Since I already basically made my prediction on uh, my odds segment, I'm going to say I have the LA Rams winning that game. I already explained why. So, right, yeah. Josh, go ahead. Josh, yeah. Yeah. Give me the Rams. It's an easy pick for that one. It's just the Panthers are still lacking in very many areas on defense, cornerback being one of those. So, if you got any of the uh, wide receivers like Cooper Cup or uh, Brandon Cooks going in, the, I'd put him as a flex option. I got Cooper Cup. I got him as my right receiver. I'm hoping for that. But, yeah, I'm going with the Rams as well. I think the Panthers on uh, – we know what the Panthers are going to try to do uh, with getting Christian McCaffrey the ball, but we know that Aaron Donald uh, being the number one player in the NFL ranked by his peers are gonna is obviously going to go out and try to do very well. We don't know what Cam Newton's going to do. Uh, there's just, like you guys said, so many question marks with the Panthers right now much less with the Rams. So I'm going to go with the Rams as well. All right. With the next game, we're going to head to the NFC East. It's a matchup between the Washington Redskins and the Philadelphia Eagles. Josh, give us your thoughts. I'm going to take the Eagles on this one. Uh, the Redskins, they're still lacking in a fundamental area. I'm which quarterback did they finally decide on? I haven't kept up on that because I haven't heard in a while. I was, believe was it it's Case Keenum. It was, it was Case Keenum, yep. Yeah, Keenum. He's going to be the starter. I trust the Eagles over that. If you got their defense on your fantasy team, I'd start the Eagles' defense. All yep, right, I'm, I'm going with the Eagles here too. It's pretty simple one, uh, being at home. Eagles are the more well-rounded team here. Redskins obviously still trying to figure out their identity so the Eagles are an easy bet for me yeah for me the same thing uh, Eagles are going to win this one just too many new pieces on uh, the Washington team so yeah next up we're staying east but this time in the AFC East between the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets um, I'm going to lead us off there I'm having the Jets win that one at home I just feel like Buffalo, they might be a bit better than last year, but I feel like the Jets have made 
a little bit more of a leap forward uh, generally on the team or during the offseason against the Bills. Um, I'm not sure how well Josh Allen is going to come out of the offseason. If he might have found some uh, accuracy over the last couple of months, I doubt it. But he's going to have a tough time against the Jets' defense. And, of course, the Jets' offense got a lot better this offseason, especially with Le'Veon Bell as the running back now. So, uh, Derek, yeah, your thoughts. You know, I said earlier in the year how I thought the Buffalo Bills were going to come out hot. Um, I, I still think the Bills will it, it will get better over time, but I can't give with confidence that I think the Bills are going to win this one. I think, like you said, Toby, the Jets have just made so many more bigger strides, and I think ultimately the Jets are just the more complete team at the moment. So being at home, I'm definitely going with the Jets. Yeah, I'm going with the Jets, too. Uh, They're starting to come together, you know? They used to be everywhere needing one thing or another. They just need a better offensive line and uh, another top-tier cornerback. And I'd say that, yeah, they're going to be set. So give me the Jets, the Bills. All right. Uh, The next game up is going to be between the Atlanta Falcons and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Again, I already gave my preview on my odd segment, and I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to win this game at home. So, Josh, your thoughts on this game? Yeah, give me the Vikings (laughs) on that one. They're just more of a safe bet, you know? Uh, It's not to take anything away. From what was it, the Falcons, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm missing it, yeah. I just think that the Vikings are all in all better on defense than the Falcons are on uh, their defense. So give me the uh, purple people eater. I mean, I think it's the same here. I mean, I think the Vikings will stop the Falcons a few more times just because the Minnesota defense just has a few more playmakers on it. Uh, Falcons really are searching for their defensive identity at this point. That's ultimately going to be their downfall this year. Uh, And they both, like you said in your segment, Toby, how they both have extremely good offenses. Uh, I just also think the Vikings have a few more pieces that they can play with. Uh, Obviously, Julio is the best player on that field at any given time, but it's just also a matter of how they get him the ball as well so i'm going with the purple leaders as well so give me the vikings yeah all right uh before we actually go to the next game um i actually didn't give any opinions about the game uh in my segment i just gave the over under uh so yeah uh like i said my pick is gonna be the minnesota vikings my reason is the same as Derek's, I think they just have more pieces on offense right there with stefan Diggs, adam thielen they already have two wide receivers uh, in contrast to the Atlanta Falcons only having Julio Jones. I'm not really counting Kelvin Ridley or uh, Sanu there. Uh, they have uh, two talented uh, tight ends, I believe, and Irv Smith Jr., who I think a lot of people are sleeping on in Kyle Rudolph. And, of course, I think the the running backs, I think they're uh, kind of evenly matched. But because of wide receiver and receiving threats, I feel like the Vikings are ahead of the uh, the Falcons right now. But yeah, the next game, I actually have talked about this in my segment. Uh, it's between the Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins. Like I said before, uh, I feel like the Dolph- uh, the Dolphins don't have a chance in this game. And the Ravens will have a pretty easy win in week one in that game. But yeah, Derek, uh, lead us off there. Yeah, Ravens for me all the way. Uh the more and more I'm looking at the Dolphins, the more apparent it is becoming that they are trying to tank. Uh, this Dolphins team just has nobody left on this team anymore. If they even win a game this year, it'll be absolutely dramatic. Uh, so, again, I- I'm going with the Ravens here. Yeah, give me the Ravens as well. It's just the Dolphins have just done too many things outside of drafting a Christian Wilkins. Uh, that they've done right and though they traded Laramie Tunsil away they did get a lot in return but it's still gonna hurt them this season so give me the Ravens I guess all right um next game up uh I promise the last game that I actually have announced my winner yet is between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Jacksonville Jaguars like I've said um 
not enough of a favorite in by the bookies right now. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs only two and a half points. Uh, or I believe it was yeah three points. Sorry, two you and a half points. What the Rams? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kansas City all the way. And yeah, Josh, Josh you go. You go first. Oh. Yeah, I'd say give me the Chiefs as well on that one. I know they just brought in LaShawn McCoy uh, to solidify that run game for the season, but I, we'll, we'll, go, we'll see from there. Even then, they'll have Damian Williams, who a lot of people yeah. seem to think will still yeah. be really good. Uh, yeah, this is Chiefs all the way. I, I mean, it even being within one score is absolutely like that's that's like really bad for in the Chiefs' direction for some people. But, yeah, I'll go with the Chiefs. All right, and next game up is between the Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns. Derek, you'll lead us off before I say anything about this game this time. Um, well, I mean, I would wish I wish I could say this game would be a lot closer given the fact that these two teams have one of the have some of the best rosters all around in the NFL, but ultimately it comes down to quarterbacks. And we still don't even know for an absolute fact who the starting quarterback is going to be for Tennessee. Uh, will it be Tannehill? We don't know. He's apparently looked a lot better in the preseason than Mariota has. Uh, but even then, I still don't think that's going to be enough. I think being at home, the crowd is going to be absolutely crazy in Cleveland that day. I think it's ultimately going to be the Browns. So give me the dog pound win in this one. All right, uh, Josh. Give me the Browns on this one as well. The Titans, they look good on paper, but in practice, they're trash outside of Mike Mark, uh, outside of Henry. But yeah, give me, give me the uh, Browns. Yeah, like you said, Josh, usually the Titans look better on paper than they actually are on the turf. And with all the additions that the Browns made over the offseason, I feel like if there are no injuries which aren't in week one yet for the Browns, um, I, I feel like the Browns are uh, the favorites in this game and in a lot of games, actually. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going with the Browns against the Titans. Uh, the next game up, uh, the Colts game against the LA Chargers. So I'm going to give the Colts fans here uh, the first go at it. So, Josh. Oh, no, I want Derek to go first for All this right, one. All right, Derek, I want, I want to see what he go does. ahead. Y'all don't want me to start with this one, man. You don't want me to. I'm <laughs> sorry. It. I'm going with the Chargers. I, I, Like I said in the very beginning of the podcast, I, I think the Colts have every reason to say they can win in this game, and I'm hoping they prove me wrong. This is one of those games that I really hope they do prove me wrong. I want to lose in this one. But I just can't get over the fact that how we start so slow all the time and Phillip Rivers is still the quarterback with Keenan Allen and that defensive line that they have. So it'll be a shootout, but I think I'm going with the Chargers. Josh? All right, you know, this is tricky. But after consulting Peyton Manatee, I'm going to go with the Colts on this one. I still believe in them after all this stuff. So does Peyton right. Manatee. That's our, first, that's, our, that's our first like actual disagreement with each other since yeah. the first pick with the Packers <laughs> and the Bears. <laughs> All right, got, uh, Toby? Yeah, I, I mean, I said I'm going to take the spread on the, the Colts with seven points. And uh, I already said as well that uh, there is a chance for the Colts, if you're feeling lucky, that they win outright. But I, I'm feeling lucky, man. I, I'm going with the horseshoe. All right. So I, I, right. I believe in Indy. All right. All right. Pete so apparently I'm, the only, apparently I'm the only one that's being different here, apparently. Wow. I'm the only one that doesn't agree with the Colts this week, and I have the hat on. Jeez. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry, Colts Nation, okay? I'm sorry. I really hope they prove me wrong. You heretic. <laughs> All right. The next the game. Heresy. Uh, I believe we're going to agree on that one is between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I'm going to start this one. Um, I mean, there's no other way I believe it, uh, looking at it. 
it's Seattle all the way at home with the 12th man behind their backs and against Cincinnati right now with a, without AJ Green. Um, I mean, it's an easy pick uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. Josh yeah, I think or you, Derek, uh, yeah. Yeah, if he, it's up there with the Ravens and the Dolphins for one of those easy lock games. That's me, Seattle Seahawks all the way. Josh, Josh, what you remember, got? remember what I said? Remember what I said about the tiger? How how it's uh, cooped up? Yeah, it's gonna stay cooped up because it's not gonna go anywhere. Give it to Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. The next game is between the San Francisco 49ers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Josh, you go first this time. Oh boy, goody goody. Let's see. You know, give me the Niners on this one. I just think that they're still going to be way better on defense than what the uh, than what Jameis Winston can produce. I know Bruce Arians is, is his coach, and he's going to help get him out of his funk, but he's still Jameis Winston. He still yeah. throws the ball where it doesn't have to go. All right, Derek, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think 49ers here too. Uh, again, the Buccaneers just are so – searching for talent it's hard to tell what they're going to be able to uh work out there uh, i am interested to see what mike evans can do in this game i think he'll put up some points i think uh the buccaneers can keep this game a little closer than some people might think but i think ultimately the 49ers are just a better overall team and they're just uh they're better coached right now i think ultimately uh the 49ers are just the team to go with here all right, yeah. Um, overall, I don't think it's a game that you really have to look forward to this weekend. But, yeah, yeah at the end, uh, I'm also going with the 49ers. Uh, of course, with the injury to Jerry McKinnon already, uh, they're struggling a little bit. And, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has to produce. He can't put up a 0.0 quarterback rating like he has uh, in the preseason. And like Derek said, I, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a lot of uh, people are low on them, but I think they they might be a bit better than a lot of people think, especially with Bruce Arians. He usually can't put out a, a decent team without much telling on it. But yeah, I'm going with the 49ers here as well. The next game is the NFC matchup between uh, the uh, New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. And yeah, Derek, go first. All right, we them boys, just like the Cowboys are them boys as well. I'm sorry, Giants, you have no wide receivers. You have Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram, and I don't care who you have throwing the football to those guys or handing them off to. It's not going to change my mind on how they are, and you didn't make your defensive line that much better in this draft. And you certainly didn't do it over the offseason, which certainly isn't going to slow down Zeke Elliott any at all. So give me the Cowboys. All right, Josh. Give me the Cowboys. They're the more complete team. They actually have a wide receiver. All right, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I can't disagree with you guys. Uh, the Cowboys would have won that game even without Ezekiel Elliott. And now with Zeke back in the lineup, it's even more clear. So Dallas Cowboys for this game. Next game up is between the Detroit Lions and the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to start off, uh, us off here. Uh, I don't think that the Cardinals are quite ready yet uh, for the NFL with all the new players they got, especially Kyle Murray. I mean, he looked pretty good in preseason, but uh, I, I, I don't really care much about the performance in preseason. Um, so I really want to see what he can do uh, against a, I mean, pretty good defense with the Detroit Lions, especially the run defense of the Lions is pretty good. So I don't expect a big game of David Johnson. So Cullen Murray might have to produce some plays on his own. Um, so, but no, I'm not going with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, uh, the Detroit Lions, I feel like, are going to win this game. All right, let's see what the Detroit, uh, the secondary Detroit fan has to say about this. Yeah, ah, ah, um, yeah, give me the Lions. On this. They always start out strong, and then they end up falling flat on their face. So give me the Lions week one. All right, well, since you want to bring up strong performances early, 
What was the score of the Jets game last year? I'm sorry. I just need a I need a quick reminder. Oh yeah, was it wasn't it like 48 to 6 or something? Something like that? Something pretty close to that, right? Yeah. So, listen here. I'm still not a fan of the Lions even if they drafted some good decent guys and picked up uh Trey Flowers. Still not impressed. You I mean, think the Cardinals Daniels. are actually going to win this game. With David Johnson leading the way, he is in my fantasy league, so I do have to root for him pretty well. But I do think the Cardinals, I haven't been very high on them, but I think with it being the first game, being in Arizona with a new coach, I think there's a new optimism going around with them. I think the Cardinals will pull this one out in a low-scoring game. Give me the Cardinals. Really, really quick, really quick. This just popped up on the fantasy app. Julio Jones says he's not trying to be, quote, out uh, trying to be out there he quote doesn't know if he will play sunday doesn't know if he'll play well we all 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 did have if he doesn't get a new contract oh well i mean i i don't think that's gonna be uh an issue necessarily i think they are gonna pay him at some point yeah who the heck's Uh, got julio on our i mean you know if uh if he doesn't get paid somebody's gonna pay him somebody's gonna pay him big money yeah, I don't think it's going to be a problem. It's just, I mean, they're reporting it because there are so many holdouts right now, or they have been so yeah. many holdouts with uh, Seek's holdout over now, as we have uh, talked about earlier. Uh, but coming up to the Sunday night football game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots, the defending Super Bowl champion, and Josh, uh, yeah, what are your predictions for this game? The Patriots. They're, right. they're the Patriots. There you Quick go. and simple. Um, yeah, I, I'm going with the Patriots here. Also, I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game. Even though both of these offenses have the ability to put up some good points, I think ultimately, again, it being in New England, and even if they don't have Nikhil Harry this week, they're still going to have Julian Edelman. They'll have Josh Gordon. They'll have a couple of uh, threats to throw the ball to. Obviously, we know James White and Sony Michelle are going to be in the backfield. They play very well together. Uh, I, I just think that the Steelers, even though they're going to be there, I think the Steelers are just going to still just try to find their groove a little bit early in the season. Uh, so that's why I'm going with the Patriots week one. I mean, it, it is Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in, in uh, New England. I can't. I can't bid against them right now. All right. I'm going for the upset. I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers because from what I've learned in the last couple of years, you just don't pick the Patriots in September. You only can bet on the Patriots uh, from October onwards. you're stealing my line. You're stealing my line. That's what I said earlier when we were doing the AFC East. I brought that up. (laughs) Hey, hey, Derek. Derek, I got a quote for you. Okay. It says, you just can't trust the Patriots in September. You can trust them in the later part of the season in December. Yes, that was my exact quote. It's exactly what I said, but I'm going against my own quote here. If I end up losing, then I'm gonna I'm gonna be pissed. You got that from a Snapple cap. I got the Snapple cap over here that that says that. Mine, okay. It was totally (laughs) mine. All right, but yeah, I, I'm going with the Steelers on that one. And now we are moving on to the Monday games. We have two games on Monday this week. And the first game is between the Houston Texans and New Orleans Saints. Um, I'm going to start off the Saints game right now. And uh, like I said, uh, my opinion about this game has changed over the last couple of weeks. Um, in my two early predictions during the offseason, I had the Texans winning this game. Uh, but now my view has uh, shifted towards the Saints winning this game. I feel like, like I've said in my auth segment, that it's going to be a closer game that a lot of people think it will be. But at the end, I have the Saints winning this one. Derek, what do you think? I'm thinking the same thing here. I'm going with the Saints. It's going to be in New Orleans. It's going to be the first game. I think that the Texans roster has gotten progressively worse over the offseason as of right now uh even if they added laramie tunzel i don't think that really makes them any better uh 
I think ultimately the Saints have the more complete roster, a better coach, better everything else right now. So give me the Saints. All right, Josh. There's going to be a nice weather advisory out for Monday night in New Orleans. There's going to be a light breeze going through. So give it the Saints. Gosh, how do you think of these? <laughs> how do you think of these so well? Like, honestly, do. I don't know how you do it. You just do. <laughs> All right, with some inspiration from Josh, uh, we are going to the last game of the week. Um, Also, another game not really worth looking forward to between the Denver Broncos and the Oakland Raiders. I don't know why they play Monday Night Football against each other, but... I can tell you why. I can tell you why. It's because of Antonio Brown. Yeah, And now most likely he's not going to be there. Yeah, that's the only reason why, but... Still, yeah. It's a hard knock life for us. It's because of hard knocks. We're on Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and apparently another hard knocks character gets knocked out of the uh, football field. Yeah. All right, speaking. Josh, with that little performance there, uh, you can't yeah. lead us right off on that one. Yep. Give me the Broncos. Yeah, their defense is way better. Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb, man, with Noah Fant on the on, on the offense. Good. I actually have Noah Fant on the on my uh, fantasy as a backup tight end. Just didn't know if you knew that, Josh. Um, I'm going with the Broncos here too. If AB would have been playing uh full time there, I think that my view on that probably would have changed a little bit. Uh, just because he's so dynamic, but I think that. Even if the Broncos going on the road, like you said, that defense is pretty legit. I think they're going to stop them enough. I think the Broncos will pull this one out. Yeah, uh, I mean, you're not going to watch that game because of the offense. Uh, Even with Antonio Brown playing, I don't think uh, the the Raiders would have had a lot of chance in that game. Uh, Even if the Broncos are not that good on uh, offense as well, but... Their defense is uh, just a lot better than the Raiders is, so that's going to give them the edge in this one. So I'm going with the Denver Broncos here as well, and that ends our predictions for next, uh, or for this week. Sorry, I'm still not... uh, still not used to the fact, folks, that we have football this week. Yeah, I'm I'm not used to this one, and (laughs) yeah, Derek, sign us off, please. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. As you can tell, we're all super excited. It's good that NFL football is finally back. It's good to have it complement college football as well. Thank you guys so much for anyone that watches this. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at T3DS underscore NFL. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube and listen to us on Spotify. And as always, guys, peace. See ya. Later. Later.